Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry at Midwestern Seminary, also the author in residence, which means I live here. Ronnie Kirk, you know, I, when they said you'd be author in residence, I mean, like, I get my own apartment? That's right, yeah, I surely. Just, like, as long as I ride in it, I have a place with a little cot and a little uh, hot plate. It's so not can, a great residence, but make, a residence. I can make my ramen noodles on there, my fuel <laughs> for riding. It's great. Yeah, that's right. Author in residence. And I'm here with Ronnie Kurtz, as you're already hearing. He's the assistant director of marketing, managing editor of For the Church. And we're pleased to announce, we can actually unveil this publicly now, uh, your new role yeah. on, on faculty officially. That's right. Pinocchio becomes a real boy. <laughs> Finally. As assistant professor of... Christian studies of Christian studies. That's right. So, wow. Yeah, very excited. Cool. Yeah, do you, you know, um, I, there's an empty office next door to me. I, Is that where I'm, you're going? I'll just go claim it real quick. Uh, yeah, put that. <laughs> go, just put a piece of paper with your name on it and stick yeah, it on there. And we'll right. just see. That. Well, that's hey, congratulations. Thanks, brother. It's, yeah, it's good I'm, to have you on board. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I've been teaching here on an adjunct level for for a while, and uh, coming very close to concluding the PhD. Yeah, uh, the, the dissertation has been written. I'm done writing, and it's just an editing phase at this point. So any minute, I'll be able to defend, and the school was very gracious to extend an appointment. Yeah. Uh, now, so. any minute you can defend, does that mean, like, you're on call? They'd be like, no, come over no, here right no, now no, and defend no, your no. dissertation. Like <laughs> right any, now. <laughs> any second. Okay. It's no, a, I'll schedule. It's not a surprise. That's right. It's not okay. going to be a surprise. We'll, we'll schedule. But, uh, yeah, uh, very, very thankful to move on to faculty. Uh, honestly, I'm just thankful to stay here at Midwestern. I love this place, and yeah, yeah I'm not, not shy about that. And I'm a th- about to be a three-time graduate, which is a little crazy. MDiv, wow. THM, and PhD. So been here we seven. We should make you the mascot. <laughs> you do not want that. The, 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 no. the Spurgeon College, Ronnie you, Kurtzes. Uh, you do not want that. The fighting Kurtzes. <laughs> I, this is the the uh, spontaneous defense of dissertation has my my mind turning. Do you remember the that old? That would be a true um, defense. You're probably too young to remember this, but have you ever seen any of the old Pink Panther movies? Not no. the cartoon. I mean, I know the what they are, but no. So the recurring thing with Inspector Clouseau is he has this guy who just like jumps out of the ceiling. I think it's Cato. I don't remember who it is. He has this uh, this fellow who like just attacks him out of nowhere to keep his instinct sharp. Yeah. So there's just these comical there scenes of Clouseau. This is the intellectual That's version. That's what it'd be. You'd be just walking down the hallway. And Jason Ducing, our provost, <laughs> leaps out of from behind a, a fern. Defend, Defend four. your dissertation, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> we should definitely incorporate that. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, are we are we building men here or are we not? Hey, you know, you do you, Jerry. We got we got men training for the pastorate. You got to have your instincts sharp. You know, they're yeah. gonna be they're gonna be jumpy coming out of that <laughs> scenario. We want to put them jumpy. Going in. Yeah. Hey, this is a, a um, int- you know good subject for today's episode. Not um, attacking people, um, uh, um, but something that laid in wait that we didn't know about that seemed to surprise. This. <laughs> so last last episode, you said I set the bar really low for transitions. <laughs> I'm digging deeper. <laughs> this is the worst transition. You know what also ambushed us? COVID nineteen. I do not approve this transition. <laughs> <laughs> the coronavirus <laughs> pandemic. It, it, it did ambush us. It did. Uh, no, okay, serious it subject. came out of nowhere. This is a serious subject. Um, we think, we hope, by God's grace, by his providence, we are entering into a post-COVID season. <sighs> yeah. That's the hope. 
vaccines are being rolled out. I know certain places are spiking and, and, and it'll be a while. Some people say like the poor COVID we will always have with us. They're all, it just will be here. Um, but I, I, churches are beginning to open up. Things are kind of going back to, if you can call it normal, to normal. And yet it's not normal because this pandemic has changed a whole lot. So just as a couple of examples, um, you know, I'm talking to pastors who say, you know what, we've opened up pretty recently and, um, and, and our communities have as well, yet I have people who still haven't come back to church. And they, they express that it's, you know, concern about the virus, but I see them out and about, you know, without masks on. They go to the ball games, they go to the out to eat, they're, you know, they're, they travel or in the grocery store. They're everywhere else. They're everywhere but church. I can see their photos on social media. So I'm concerned about that, bringing stragglers home and um, that sort of thing. Uh, there's churches who are working through the way um, the adjustment to live streaming and, you know, if you want to call it um, internet campuses, the way some you know churches do, the way incorporating that to compensate for COVID now has become, in their mind, perhaps a permanent feature of mm-hmm. their church or impacted the way people interact or engage with their church. So there's things that the churches um, you know, have changed. There's ways that we have changed because of the pandemic. So what I thought I would do on this episode, um, the, the two of us just kind of go back and forth and share some counsel, mm. some advice, um, such as, you know, as we may have for pastors and church leaders about the post-COVID church. What are some words of advice we might give to pastors? It doesn't have to be something, you know, super deep. Um, I'm, I'm not a vir- you know, virologist. Is, <laughs> is that what they're called? Virologist? So, you know, I can't give medical advice or anything like that, but um, I think we can give some pastoral counsel about um, how we might navigate the upcoming season. So I'll go first. Yeah, go for it. Mainly because you didn't prepare. (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling you out, Ronnie Kirch. Wow. Assistant. Uh, Always prepared. Professor. When things jump out, I'm ready. Christian studies. Okay, that's right. (laughs) Defend your lack of preparation. Here's my first word of counsel. Um, Be patient with disruption. Hmm. Um, because things are, have been so strange and we've never been through this before, it may take a while for the adjustment, for the feeling of normalcy. And so the disruption could encompass all sorts of things. It could be a disruption of um, the way your attendance was tracking before the pandemic. And now you feel like, man, we're, we're you know, permanently hindered or we've just been hobbled by this because people aren't coming back. And so we've taken a, taken a huge hit. Uh, be patient with that. Be patient with people. Um, even as you try to pastor some of those sheep who may be far out in the field, not finding their way back yet, uh, be patient with them. It doesn't mean you can't have direct, um, you know, or even hard conversations with them uh, about their priorities, spiritual and otherwise. But um, because none of us have really been through this, um, you know, none of us living have been through such a thing before, um, we're, we're all kind of figuring out. So let's be patient with each other. I, don't know, I, I think that's a, mm-hmm. a good word that maybe our pastoral care should be marked by patience right now, our pastoral concerns about how the church is doing and, and going, that we would be patient for things to kind of either level out or, or be, you know, either go back to normal, if, if you want to call it that, or um, level out to a new normal. Yeah, don't be anxious, mm. I guess, about how, how things are going. Don't be anxious about re- you know, recreating what it was like before. Don't be anxious about what you think it ought to look like right now. Just be patient with with the process. Not not passive. Yeah. But but patient. <clears throat> Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think okay. that's a great word. Yeah. I think for me, the first thing that comes to mind is 
I can't speak for every church, and uh, maybe some churches never struggle with this during COVID, but Emmaus, the church that I pastor, we are seven years old, and in the seven or the six years prior to COVID, we just kind of were able to assume unity. The, the Lord just gave it to us in an almost supernatural way. We were just unified as a church body, as elders, uh, just not much bickering happening. Mm-hmm. And COVID was for the, for the first time, we had to not assume that anymore. We had to actually work for unity. And it wasn't just COVID. I mean, like the rest of the world, there was race conversations happening. There's COVID conversations happening. There's regulations. Do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? There's vaccine conversations happening. There are conversations about what's even the relationship between the government and the church. How, how much should we listen to them? Those kinds of things. And brothers who were once able to assume unity had to start working for it. And so I would say coming out of a post-COVID world, be mindful of that. Hmm. There might be hidden bitterness. There might be subtle disagreements uh, amongst your people that you should be wise with. Uh, I don't think the post-COVID world is a time to come out blazing with the most hot take opinions you could possibly find. (laughs) I think this is a time to maybe even consider books of the Bible to do expositorily that would really get you to unity, or even consider a sermon series on the unity of the church, why that might matter. The high priestly prayer, for example, Jesus literally prays that we would be unified. Um, yeah, I, I, so I, I would say give extra time, extra prayer, extra preparation to make sure the vision is clear, the normal means of discipline, the normal means of grace are active and work for unity. Mm, that's good. That's good. Um, my next word of advice would be in relation to sort of the, the way our numbers uh, have, you know, may go down from church to church. And, and uh, I know some churches are, you know, have experienced since opening up um, an increase in attendance from, you know, pre-pandemic. But most churches I know of either, um, they're maybe expecting to kind of go back to normal, but they're still not yet there, or they're expecting to not be there, that they're actually, they've lost people in the, in, in, in the midst of it. Um, so a word to that phenomenon, um, I think something that the Lord may be doing, this is just my, my, my gut talking here, not just through the pandemic and everything that, that has taken place with um, people leaving church, coming, moving to churches, not going to church, those sorts of things, um, but also even some of the political division and some of the division related to the um, you know, justice conversations and race conversations and all these things taking place. Um, I, I think the Lord is providing a clarity about the church. So it's, it's confusing in the moment because it, it's, you know, hostility can be very um, chaotic yeah, and disorienting. And, and disorienting. Um, yeah, it's a good word. Um, but I think it's clarifying um, about where people's values are, where their priorities are, what they um, put in that, uh, you know, what they consider first order doctrines and second order doctrines and third order doctrines. So a, a lot is being uh, revealed, a lot's being unveiled through this entire season, um, uh, you know, COVID especially. But also, um, I think maybe there's a pruning that mm. the Lord may be doing. 
That's a good word. Um, I, I don't know because I'm not a prophet, you know, and and and, and you know, I don't have this you know gift of prescience in this regard. But I sense that the church, the church is coming on the other side of this. Um, will you know? Will maybe not significantly, but be smaller by and large, but probably stronger. Um, maybe healthier. Maybe not immediately so, but but be on the right road to better health. Because what has happened, um, as we begin to see, I think through some of this process is you see where people's idols are, you see where their values are, where their priorities are. And if you are having people who, um, if you've been faithful to preach the scriptures and faithful to care for your flock, and you have people who say, I wish you would elevate X, Y, and Z from the third tier to number one. And if you don't, you're not faithful. And those people leave, and now your numbers are going down. What's actually happening is you're being pruned, and it's okay to be sad about it, but my word of advice would be not to get overly discouraged by the Lord's pruning. If, if that's what he's doing, and, and again, I, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know the Lord's way. I don't know his mind in, in this regard. So, um, but if he is pruning us, and I tend to think he is, but if he is, it's in, in his wisdom that he's doing that and for the good of his church that he's doing that. Mm-hmm. And while it may not look great on, on paper <laughs> in, the, in the beginning, in the initial stages, in the long run, it always precedes, you know, pruning uh, uh, precedes greater growth yep. and more flourishing. And so I think maybe there's a an ironic encouragement we might could take from this strange season. Yes, uh, you know, Pastor, your church may be smaller in attendance on the other side of this. Um, you know, maybe so. But is it is it perhaps possible that that's actually um, a pruning that is preparing you for a greater growth and greater uh, purpose in um, in in Christ's kingdom? I don't know what you think about that, Ronnie Kurtz, but that's just. Some, you know, I want pastors to be encouraged. Yeah, amen. And this is such a discouraging exactly. time. And I, you know, I just want us to see the hand of the Lord in all yep. of this. You know, Yeah, I, I love that. And actually, it, it relates to the, the next point that I would give in terms of pruning. One of the things that happened when COVID hit, because it was, I mean, we joked about it, but it was an ambush in a lot of ways. Yeah. I remember actually texting your pastor, Nathan Rose. We were trying to decide together if we were going to, which was unthinkable to us then, were we going to cancel a Sunday? Yeah. I mean, we were going back and forth like, hey, let's do it together. You know, if, <laughs> if, if you guys close, we'll close. If you guys stay open, we'll stay open. Uh, we were just trying to figure out together. And then, you know, little do we know, we, we weren't going to be back in service for eight months or what have yeah. you. Um, but in that process, what happened was a lot of hands were forced in terms of ecclesiology. So what is the church? Yeah. Uh, are we, can we call ourselves the church if we don't have all of these programs that we typically do? Or can we call ourselves the church if we can't gather the way that we typically do? And I think a lot of prolonged questions about ecclesiology or the, what is the church, you just had to figure it out. Like you had to answer some of the questions you haven't forced yourself to answer, at least for a lot of pastors that I talked to. And what was interesting is that actually expressed itself in a way that was really encouraging to me and a way that was kind of discouraging to me. What I think was really encouraging was you have churches that really rely on gimmicks or games and not quite rely on the gospel in a lot of ways. They had to, maybe for the first time ever, put all of the showiness away. Mm-hmm. And they had to stop offering you know, the 35 extracurricular programs that they yeah. offer and they had to basically get down to the bare essentials of what a church is and what a church does. On the flip side, 
You have churches who have robust ecclesiology, who really think about what the church is and what we're supposed to do and who have, who have a reason for every minute of their service and who have theological backing for why they do this and why they don't do that. And now they're having to run online services, which they probably hate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you had a pruning of these really bloated churches and you had a movement towards online for really robust churches that uh, was really uncomfortable for everybody, you know, wh- whether wh- what side of the corn you are on there. And I would just say, in a way, while all that was really hard and difficult and disorienting really is the right word, I do think it's really good for God's people to press into, that, that might sound like a $5 theological word, that word ecclesiology, but it's good for us to press into that word. It's good yeah. for us to ask, what is a church? If you had to define a church in 100 words, what, those, what 100 words would you pick? And even more important than that is what does a church do? And I, I would just say post-COVID, don't stop pressing into those questions. Press in and ask yourself, before I kick back up that program that we had pre-COVID, does it really benefit the mission of the church? Does it really benefit the mission of my church? Maybe it does, and you should get it back up quickly. But maybe this is a good time. Pruning's the right word. Uh, maybe this is a good time to, to kick out a few of those programs and get re-centered on gospel-centeredness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually heard um, a few guys, this was one of the guys in my coaching cohort was talking about that there was a program he was wanting to you know, get rid of, but every program in a church has a heart tied to it, in, especially in a lot of small churches. And, and uh, he couldn't figure out, you know, he just couldn't work up the courage to, um, you know, to eliminate this thing because he didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And COVID just like, you know, it, it, you know, as everything else, it just kind of shut down, so they couldn't yep. do this. And he said, uh, I'm looking forward to not re, you know, reinstating it on the, on the other end. So it actually had the, you know, some kind of benefit of, of, of doing what he was not prepared <laughs> to do. Um, my final word of advice um, would be uh, along the same lines, my second word, and just in terms of not being overly discouraged uh, by the pruning, but to learn for the future uh, from what's been revealed in this season. So, I, I, you know, I think we have learned a lot about what our church, uh, what the people in our churches, uh, you know, value, what they prioritize. We've learned about their ecclesiology. Mm-hmm. We've learned some about mm-hmm. their theology. One thing that a lot of folks have learned, a lot of pastors have learned, um, is that their people have been um, discipled um, you know, Monday through Saturday by all sorts of things, cable news, the internet, um, their workplaces, just the environments that they um, exist in. Um, and, and that discipleship has created a, a kind of, you know, polemical um, sense about what's, well, what's true and right that sometimes stands against what the scriptures would say is true and right or would exaggerate, um, the, you know, the importance of things that the scriptures would not uh, you know, places as highly important. Um, I think in this, um, uh, you know, the experience of the online virtual service streaming type thing and people sort of um, continuing to stay home to watch those after the churches have opened back up, um, th- that's revealed something about how our flocks, in you know, relate to their church family. Do they see the church as a family to which they belong to um, you know, with which they, co- you know, with whom they covenant, or is it just a place we go to get our content? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, well, of course we would just stay home because it's safer and we get the content. You know, if that's all it's about, um, if it's just, you know, if it's just about, you know, getting the resource, 
uh, we can get the resource another way. Well, that's revealing yeah. about how our people um, have been discipled, even if unwittingly. Uh, it may not be something we intentionally did, but it's just something by our practice. So we can learn from that. Okay, what do we need to do now going forward to make sure our people hmm. um, are prepared for that Monday through Saturday onslaught, the mm-hmm. noise of the world that they are imbibing? Um, are there things we need to do to kind of you know step up our, our guardrails against those things? What do we need to do to, to help our people understand you know you know good biblical ecclesiology to help them understand their place in the church and their relationship with the church? All all these things are learning opportunities. Let's not just go all right. Let's go back to normal mm-hmm. and just kind of go back to what we were doing before. Let's learn from what's been revealed in this season and make the adjustments that we need to make. Maybe you don't need to do your streaming. Maybe that's the way. Like, hey, we're just going to cut this off. Maybe we'll provide you know the podcast like we used to or or something, but. Um, we don't want to, in any way, suggest that this is a, um, you know, an equal um, alternative yeah, right. to gathering with the body, and we have somehow implied that. So we're going to take the extreme measure of, of cutting that off to see where people stand. You know, I'm not saying you need to do that, but there's just things I think we may need to, you know, make some adjustments based on, um, on what's been revealed. Any final words for us? I would just say, yeah, final uh, small things won't take long, but just I do think. That word encouragement is so important right now, Jared, because I just know so many pastors are just tired. Yeah. And um, this was a tiring year, 2020, 2021. Uh, neither of them were necessarily easy. Um, there might have been hidden blessings like, hey, you might have found that you actually like taking walks with your wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, most people are coming out, especially pastors. And at least, honestly, this is even a confession of my own. We're just tired. And so I would just say, to the pastors listening to this episode. One, uh, you're loved by the Lord, most importantly, and by your people and by Jared and I on this mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, know that what you do is is glorious work. It is tiring work, but it's glorious work. You're shepherding the flock, which Jesus purchased with his own blood in Acts 20. And uh, just know that maybe this season, it's okay to consider counseling yeah. or really lean on the band of brothers you might have outside of your church, or uh, just know that some self-care is, is maybe good, and breathe, know things are okay, know the Lord still has you, He is still watching, His eyes still on the sparrow, and it's on you, and mm. be encouraged, even in the midst of being tired, be encouraged. That's great. That's a good word to end on as well. The Lord loves you. The Lord loves you, Ronnie Kurtz. Hey, you too, Jared Wilson. Yeah, hope you remember that when you get ambushed to defend your dissertation. Because I'm going to put in a uh, special request that they do that. Yeah, yeah, please don't. Okay, all right. Oh, dear listener, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Hope that you were blessed and encouraged. Uh, If you enjoy the podcast, please recommend us to your friends. Give us a good review on iTunes, Spotify, whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Um, I haven't looked at the reviews lately. I assume they're okay. Here's to hoping. I my validation's in Christ alone. Amen. I've decided to move on from what people <laughs> think about me. I, I I obey God rather than men. But as soon as we're done, I'm going to go look. I, I'm sure I'm going to go look. Uh, give us a good review. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.